Let's do introductions. You are the lead developer behind this game. Is it a solo game? And kind of what's the details behind that one? There are four people working on the game. I'm working on the development. So I'm responding for all technical scenes. My wife is working on the visual style and art and 3D and so on. And we have game designer and a second developer. So me and my wife working on the game on the weekends and two more people working full time on the game. You guys are based within Ukraine right now. And obviously there is the invasion going on within Ukraine. There's a lot of things surrounding that. So kind of touch on how that's impacted development, how that's impacted you guys kind of talking about that a little bit. Actually, it's hard to, to call a studio because we are just a, a small team of four friends. And we we worked on the game for a really long time, about five years or something. So we had a plan to make a release of the game in the on the next summer, and everything was okay. But on February 24, uh, you know, Russia started start started in invasion of the Ukraine, and uh, yeah. Everything, everything is changed for us. Uh, me and my wife, uh, Kate, uh, we left the Kiev, is the capital of Ukraine. We we lived there for five years, and we went to the west of the Ukraine because it's much more safe place. So Russian army was really close to the Kiev for first days of the war and it was really dangerous to stay there and of course all our equipment was abandoned there and we don't have any ability to work on the game for about three months or something like this our game designer Kirillo managed to leave the country and move to the poland and it takes about months for him to return to the work and developer maxim uh, he living in the zaporizhia it's his hometown and hometown of the, my wife as well and i lived there for one and a half year or, or something and the city is about 50 kilometers away from the front line sometimes russia russian army bombing the city city wanted center and the city of the center was almost destroyed recently but last weeks we have much bigger danger probably you heard about this the Parisia is industrial city and there are nuclear power power plants uh, not far from it and Russia started shelling it last weeks and now we have a big risk of a nuclear catastrophe and turning the pressure to the next Chernobyl. Yeah, but Max decided to stay there, so he's still there. Really? He's still there right now? Yeah. Okay. A, a lot of my friends and uh, mother of my wife as well. So there are really a lot of people, but uh, yeah. it's hard to, for people just left the place where they lived whole life and about me and my wife uh, we left about three months uh, in, in the family uh, with seven people uh, in the one flat so it was a really big company and uh, from this company I know only one person my wife uh, knows only me and that's all and actually we are very lucky that there was a family that uh, sheltered us and not not uh, be scared by unknown completely unknown people <laughs> yeah actually it, it, it was good time that a lot of people here 
didn't have because we have a good company and the war is a big stress and it's really important to have someone who can support you. So yeah, I really appreciate these guys and the family that sheltered us. Uh, and about months ago, we uh, we rented no, new apartments and managed to bring our uh, our equipment uh, to here from the Kiev. And now we're working on the game and uh, working a lot on the game. Uh, and we're still planning to release the game in the, on the next summer. Really? You're trying to get it out next summer still? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it, it will be hard. It will be hard for sure. But we decided to remove few not important scenes. And looks like we still can do this. You know, I did not have this question written down, but one thing that comes to mind for me, um, with everything going on right now in your country, I think what shocked me was that with everything going on, you're still completely all in on getting this game out, getting it released. You know, I would think with all the distractions, with everything going on, it would be difficult to kind of key in on that. Kind of what was your approach and your feelings kind of with everything going on and and you still kind of wanted to focus on this game and get it out kind of what was the process for you behind that i i think work is the best approach to not fall in the stress and depression so uh it's important important and yeah. a lot of people started to make uh games now because uh, it's a good way to do something and not uh, read the news every one minute or think about this because yeah it's it's really hard i i really tried to make it in this way so the war didn't impact on the game at all uh, i i'm talking about narrative and so all the things so i believe the game should be fun and the main reason why this game exists is to make people fun. Uh, so I, I don't want to move my experience to the game and uh, we we try and do not to do this. With you being in Ukraine right now, you know, there's a lot of news coming out of the country kind of talking about what's going on. But I think with I think with something like this, it's not Unless you're there, unless you understand the situation fully, I think it's hard to get a bigger picture of what's going on exactly. So with that in mind, from February to now, kind of what's something you feel like hasn't been discussed enough? What's something you feel like has kind of been overlooked to this point? It's a hard question for me because I didn't read the foreign news a lot. But for me, it looks like everybody knows uh, everything that important. And other countries supply us with weapons a lot. So the Russia is much bigger than Ukraine. And without technical adventures, we will be unable to win this war. So it's really important. A lot of people from the other countries and uh, other countries uh, itself uh, gave the big donations yeah. uh, to the Ukrainian army. And yeah, if if someone wants to help the Ukraine army, you can just write in the Google donate to the Ukraine army and you will be able to do this in a few clicks. So yeah, it's, it's very important. I think um, a lot of news outlets have kind of lately been saying that things are starting to kind of shift in favor of Ukraine at this point. 
I guess, you know, you said you haven't really looked at foreign news outlets, but is that something you see from kind of your news sources and kind of the, the things within your country, the things are starting to kind of shift in a better direction for you guys? Well, what do you mean a shift in the other direction? I think there's been, from what I have seen, there's been a kind of a lot of counter pushes to kind of push back Russian forces at this point to kind of regain different assets and places and cities and obviously there's the there's the power plant which is a very big concern but there's kind of been a lot of news sources saying you know with high mars and things like that that it's really kind of swayed in a better direction for you guys moving into the fall actually situation is not shifted a lot yes so when the war started russian army moves really quick And uh, yeah, as I told before, it was really close to the Kiev. But yeah, our army won this part of the war. Uh, but uh, Russian army still appears. He still occupied about fourth part of the Ukraine. Uh, and I'm not talking about Crimea. Yeah. So the rest of the Ukraine. Uh, and uh, they're moving. So I, I checked the maps few times a week. So uh, somewhere uh, we take uh, cities, somewhere uh, they take, uh, but uh, they moving faster than we uh, taking three these cities. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, I think everybody on the outside pretends to be a military expert at this point, which is unfair, obviously. And I think <laughs> it's not something that I really wanted to be part of this interview i think you know i wanted to focus on obviously your game and and kind of your experience right now but you know just for me i thought having that clarity i think you know is is helpful because there's so much just kind of information flying everywhere you know so i the last question i'll have about that obviously i don't want to keep pushing on that because i don't think that's appropriate but it's, it's very you know in, interesting and helpful information to have at this point but let's move on to a much more i guess lighthearted topic with your game um and i feel uniquely situated to talk about through the nightmares right now because actually right when we had reached out to each other again that show on netflix came out the sandman And I was like fully engrossed in it. And I was like, this is a perfect time because it's all about the Sandman. So I was like, this is, this is exciting. So I guess with that, you know, let's kind of move into the game itself. So we talked about your development background a little bit. Is this the first game you have ever developed? It's not uh, my first game, but it's my first big game. So I made uh, a few small games for the, for the mobile games. And yeah, it's completely different experience. And you said you're developing this with your wife and two other friends, correct? I, I was only one person with experience when we started. Oh, okay. So that's a yeah. big learning curve right there. So out of the four, you were the one person with that development background, correct? Yeah. So with that in mind, did that kind of, when you brought those three in to help you, did it speed up development right away? Or did you kind of have to take a step back, kind of show them different aspects of game development itself? and then move forward. The first person in the team is, was Kirill, a game designer. So he didn't know about game design anything, <laughs> as well as me. So uh, we learned it uh, together. So if talking about Unity, yeah, the game is made with Unity. Okay. 
So yeah, I, I learned him how to deal with it, how to work in the Unity. So yeah, it was me. My wife, uh, she's main work is done in the Blender and the Photoshop. So she know it very good, better than me, much better than me. So I, I didn't spend uh, time on it, but for Unity integration. And uh, our new developer, this guy had a really small experience in coding. So yeah, it helped us to speed up development, but I'm like working like a mentor or teacher for him. Gotcha. Can I ask what drove you to pick Unity as the game engine, as opposed to like Unreal or Game Maker or Godot or one of the other ones out there? When we started working on the game, I, I was I already was Unity developer, and oh, okay. oh, I was junior Unity developer, but I I, I knew Unity, but uh, didn't know other engines. Uh, if we will start working on the Susan Nightmares now. Probably I will not choose the Unity. So I, I still working uh, on Unity on my main job, and uh, actually Unity is big pain <laughs> in in a lot of aspects. Uh, and I, I have a small uh, experience with the Unreal, and it's much better in a lot of small scenes. And you, you using Unreal, and you saw Unity. Why you just? Don't do this. So just one important button or one uh, useful toggle or something, and it makes the lives much easier. About visual style, in the Unreal, you can just pick some rocks and grass from the uh, marketplace, put on the sand, press play, and see, wow, it's yeah. <laughs> how, how real it looks. It, it, it was me who created this. Uh, in the Unity, you need to spend hours and hours and hours to make something beautiful. So. Unity is very nice for the simple game, very nice for the for the 2D mobile games, yeah. So better than Unreal. But if we're talking about PC game, Unreal just for me is much more useful, yeah. much better. I have heard people say that Unreal is much more intuitive. It has a much more it has much more built into it. The asset stores are much more filled out. But I've heard the reason people lean more towards Unity is because it's easier to learn at first. Is that fair to say? I, I think not, because when you start working on the game and you don't have any knowledge at all, you, you still need to write a code. And on the uh, Unreal, you have this wonderful bl blueprints. Uh, you just connect nodes, and so it's pretty easy. It's, it's hard to support, yeah, hard to debug, but uh, build your first code is much easier yeah. than uh, using real code. In the Unity, you have C Sharp. It's not too complicated language, so anybody can learn it. But it's, it takes a lot of time to be able to write your scenes in the language of the C Sharp. So actually, now Unity have integrated Bolt. It's asset uh, for visual programming. It's like blueprints, but for you. But it's really weak 
comparing to the blueprints and much uh, slower than blueprint. So you you can't uh, do a really lot of logic on the bolt. This being the first game you guys have developed as a team together, kind of what has stuck out as being one of the most difficult aspects of bringing it to life? I guess outside of just kind of like mentoring the team and kind of, you know, everything going on outside of this game. Uh, what's been the most difficult aspect of this game for you guys? Kind of bring it to life. From my opinion, it's game design. Uh, because uh, actually, platformer, a lot of people thought that platformer is a good place to start development games. But uh, in my opinion, it's a good place to feel all hell of the game design. <laughs> Uh, because the game should be easy enough mm. to make it just possible yeah. and be hard enough to create a challenge for the player, uh, be fair with the player, be because if game is not fair, play players will not play this game and make this feeling like player is a super cool platform gamer mm. or <laughs> superhero or something like this. Yeah. So in our game, there are almost no mechanics that didn't play alone. So everything looks really simple, mm. but when you will deepen the code, there are a lot of tweaks that helps player uh, play better. Yeah. And super important things that uh, it should play alone, but in the, that way that player will not even guess that game is play alone. Because when you will see that game is play alone, all your uh, achievements uh, will not have a sense for you. So yeah, it's really important to take this feeling uh, of the superhero to player. One more important thing it's, is pacing of the game. Mm -hmm. So it can be somewhere it can be too hard, somewhere it can be too easy. Uh, it's equal to boring for the hardcore game. Yeah. Uh, and we playtesting the game really a lot and we are doing on all levels of the first chapter. I don't remember how much, but uh, probably dozens times. So we visited conference mm. about four or six times per year. It depends on the year yeah. and festivals and so on. And we just trying to force people play game to see what uh, what people dislike. And then we are doing, we're doing, we're doing. And yeah, it's like very long and very difficult process. Yeah, I think a lot of developers, as you said, that's kind of where they start is a 2D platformer. They feel like it's a great starting point. It's kind of a good measure of kind of where they're going to go as a developer at that point. So with that, there's a ton of 2D platformers out there being developed by a ton of different developers. And I think the challenge would be, how do you approach it in a way that is unique to you, unique to kind of the vision you want to deliver? Yeah, you, you're right. The platformer genre is really overcrowded now. And uh, it's hard to find a publisher for platformer because everybody afraid to promote mm. uh, this kind of game because it's really hard to compete with this big amount of the like similar games, right? But on the other hand, I believe it also plus because the community of the platformer games is really big. Mm. There are really big amount of platformers on this team, but a lot of them Probably even biggest part is the low quality game. Mm. And when the player will 
two games and think which one he want to buy and he will see some low quality game and your game it's in case your game is really good of course so uh, low quality games is not your competitors yeah. so if a player have a choice he will play your game not other low quality so uh, i believe we don't worry a lot about uh, a lot of platformers from this team so on my opinion what you need uh, for success is just to make a good game and it's no matter if it's platformer or racing game or, or something else before we kind of talk about the game world or any of the, the gameplay or the combat or anything like that kind of where did the concept for this game come from you know it's the sandman and you, you have the dream world that you're exploring and it's a unique theme that i don't see a lot in in video games as a whole so kind of where did you get that idea from as i told about five years ago uh, i was young <laughs> uh, game developer junior uh, game developer and i was inspired by success of super meat boy uh, and insight and I, I just wanted to make something like this like super meat boy so it's really simple easy to implement and really fast to imp implement yeah. and <laughs> Of course, we failed <laughs> at this last point. But yeah, so we thought it can be, you can play us a slime that trying to escape the laboratory. We tried something else, uh, the stupid as well. <laughs> uh, then we decided that it's good idea to put the narrative to the mind of the man in coma. Mm. Uh, and uh, we need to go through his mind, find his secrets and help him to bring back to life. But we decided that it's too dark and depressing and as I told, uh, I believe the game should uh, give you fun, but yeah. not this hard emotions. And we decided to make it in the nightmares, uh, but nightmares of difficult people. Okay. And it will allow us to split game by chapters to make a DLC in the future. So we, we don't, we didn't bound it in the just one dream. I read a lot of uh, scenes about nightmares and one day when I go from the walk to the home, I just realized that Sunman is, is folklore character. So no one has right, so uh, anybody can use this character. Mm -hmm. And it's a perfect fit to the our idea. So yeah, I pitched this idea to the guys. They said, awesome, yep, so that's how we come up with the main idea is the story is it a really big part of this game or is this game more focused on just gameplay alone and level progression kind of how did that play into the overall just scope of this game it's a completely gameplay driven game there will be story but it's secondary okay. gameplay is just we want to avoid all dialogues all choices and uh, everything that can uh, distract player from the gameplay mm -hmm. but there will be story player will see the story of children mm -hmm. uh, in which nightmare he sunman is wandering uh, and the story of the sunman and morpheus but uh, it will be really simple narrative mm -hmm. and only player who try to found all, all secrets secrets uh, analyze it and try to fold the puzzle of the story 
will recognize what is going on here. Okay. So for the other players, it will be just fun gameplay driven platformer and that's all. Gotcha. So essentially kind of unless you want to seek that story out, it's really just focus on gameplay then. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Gameplay is most with a lot of developers, they start out and they want to make this like huge game because they mm-hmm. just I don't think de- a lot of developers when they start out, they realize how much goes into making a game. And then when they get into it, they're like, okay, well, this is way more than I anticipated. I need to dial it back. I need to make something a little bit simpler. So they start cutting off different parts of the game that they wanted to put in there. And inevitably, it's a much smaller experience when they release it. And from the sound of it with your game, it felt like you kind of wanted to focus on a smaller game that keyed in on kind of those core elements like like gameplay and like, you know, there is a story, but it's not a huge part of this. So was that something that kind of out of the gate, you realize, you know, from a strategy standpoint, that's how you wanted to approach it? Or was it just kind of, it worked out that way with the vision you had in mind? There are not a lot of story, not because we don't have a time mm-hmm. to make the story. It's just because we see that this game like gameplay driven. Mm-hmm. Probably I'm really awful uh, manager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, this is why this platformer made too long. So about five year and about year we need to finish the game. So yeah, it's a really big term for platformer. But uh, we learn a lot with this project, and every time we see that something not perfect, uh, we don't think a lot. We just move back and redoing it and updating it. Uh, and uh, even now, so uh, about a year ago. We almost completely redoing the first chapter that was already finished, mm-hmm. and it it takes a lot of time. So we needed to redo mechanics, uh, then playtest mechanics, then make level, playtest level, then make decoration, playtest the decoration, and all, all these the steps is not just you doing it and go back and go go forward. So. Uh, more often you're doing it and go step back to make it better and so on and so on. So we really want to make this game as good as we can. Mm-hmm. I believe that in a year when we will be uh, much closer to the deadline of release and we will know that we can spend two or four months to make something much better and we will be sure that we will do this. We will postpone the release date and make this game better. So it's important for us. Five years development on a game, I wouldn't say that's that's unheard of. I mean, I think there's a, there's some indie developers and I would say some, not a lot, that try to force their games out in you know a year or two they try to have a deadline and they want to hit that deadline you know it's, it's going to be a year and that's it and i think it all it obviously it all depends on how you approach development kind of your process but i think the majority of developers when they're making their first game i mean it's a learning experience there's a lot of things as you said you take a step back you fix things maybe you take another step back because something else is busted so like it's just it's a process so i think three to five or somewhere in that area is is reasonable for a first game 
Definitely. I'm, I'm not agree with you because no. if, it's, if it's your first game, you will stuck on the every step. Mm. And uh, in the first months, you will be inspired. Second mo- uh, months, you will be so-so. Mm. In the sixth months, you will be so tired of this game that you will not return to it. Uh, and only one thing that can help you, mm. it's uh, if in a half year, you will have the half of the game. <laughs> And you will understand it's it's uh, only half year more of uh, good work, and I will release it. But if in the half year you will see that it tens years and dozens of years, <laughs> you will just abandon this project and yeah. take new one. And if it will be big as well, yeah. so with this game you will face with same situation. Okay. On my opinion, for the first game you need to make it as small as possible so it will be easy for you in the future so you will know all the processes you will have to release this game and even if it's not success game when you will have three games each one will be better and with these games you will it will be much more easy for you to find a publisher uh, and if you need to find investors because you you don't just a guy who want to make a game and have dozens of unfinished projects yeah You, you you have you are a person that have released few games yeah. and here's games in the store probably it's not too successful but it it means that you can finish the game and it's very important no i think that's a great point but with your game so it's a hardcore platformer um so talk to me about the gameplay leaning into that aspect of it kind of the skills you have kind of how that evolves as the game moves on is kind of how does that work about mechanics there are few unique mechanic one uh, is uh, resizing uh, so when you hold the button someone will shrink and you will be able to fit to the small holes mm-hmm. But you will be slower, your jump will be not so high. Uh, some mechanics like wind can just blow you up, but you can stay on the fragile platforms and uh, weight platforms will be will ignore you. Uh, so it's main mechanic uh, and everything is built around it. So during the gameplay, you faced with a lot of environment mechanics that unique you for different locations or chapters. And all of these mechanics force you to use the same ability, but in a different way. So yeah, there will be no rank up or something like this. So the gameplay is development by these new mechanics on the levels. The second main mechanic is the dash. So you can hit the ground and it's not really game design feature, but rather level design feature. Mm-hmm. We wanted to make really long levels, but force player to replay everything from the start is too sadistic. So uh, we use uh, this dash as ability to open shortcuts for you. So when player passes the difficult part of the level, mm-hmm. he will broke something or activate something with the dash and open the shortcut uh, another way from the start of the level okay. and uh, it will be more easy to to pass the level for him and can keep the long level fresh so you don't need to repass everything after <laughs> every day and the one more important mechanic is resurrection flask so you can find it uh, on the almost every level so on every level when 
applicable. It will be a small challenge to get it, but when you will get it, Tanman can place this resurrection flask mm. on any point. So it's like a checkpoint, but you can by your own decide where you want to put it. But if you will die before you set this flask, yeah. so you will back to the start of the level and you will need to take it again. So here is like element of some kind of gambling maybe. So you, you you're thinking, uh, can I put it a little bit further or maybe the tonneau trees can put it here? And uh, of, of course, this uh, resurrection flask is not, uh, it's temporary, so it will resurrect you for three times and then you will uh, appear on the start of the level and, we, and you will be able to take it again. I do really like that feature. I think that's a very unique thing for a game, and I think it adds to the strategy behind it. I think that's a really cool aspect to have. Um, with the world design itself, though, you know, your your character can shrink. You have the dash feature. You said you have the resurrection flask. When you're designing the world, when you're designing each level that players are going to go through, what is the challenge in kind of integrating all of those different mechanics into the level itself and making it fluid, making it so, you know, it flows and is natural? And it's just something that is just part of the experience for players. Actually, it's a really big problem. <laughs> uh not really big, but the problem. So uh, the game is split by chapters and each chapter is a dream of the different children. And because of all ch children is different, uh, you become in completely new environment with new post-processing, all models, all sound, music. And so it's like uh, we will have three chapters uh, on release and it's like three different games. Mm -hmm. Oh, we can't uh, reuse models, we can't reuse sounds, we can't reuse uh, anything else. So we need to make everything new for each chapter. From the other side, it makes the game more fresh, so player will understand that uh, even few hours he will have completely new environment. And for us, it's uh, a little bit easier uh, to make this mentally easier yeah. to make this game because uh, yeah you, you don't focus only on just one location and and so on yeah it's it's not our unique idea <laughs> the lot of big games have uh, different locations yeah, yeah? Uh, but uh, for indie team it's especially difficult when we creating mechanics we in the most of case uh, we thinking about gameplay so. Something like, will be cool to have the platform that will be safe, but when it will move to the some area, it will be dangerous. Yeah, example. Uh, now we work on the sec second chapter and in the environment with the modern house, we have platforms uh, that will explode if you not a small. Oh, uh, okay. And yeah, uh, so it's plays really fun. So me mechanic is simple, but great. Uh, and now we're starting decoration the level and no one knows what it should be in the <laughs> real house. <laughs> I don't know yet, so it's it's interesting to, yeah. to look to the future to, to know what it should be. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a scene that we need to solve. And so it's like, uh, it's our main approach to just create the mechanics yeah. and then think how this gameplay abstraction to fit to the uh, environment. Okay. The first chapter will be passed about, it, it will take about one half hour to, to beat the first chapter. Okay. So player will 
really fast that there are different environments and it, it will be motivate him to play uh, further. And so we're trying to make this environment really different. So first one is dark forest. There are a lot of shadows. Everything is super dark and on some kind of monitors uh, on showcase, sometimes player trying to, to make a brightness <laughs> bigger <laughs> on the monitor to see what is going on. So it's like really dark environments. Yeah. The second one will be much lighter. Okay. So uh, for second one will be a house. It will be house in the night, but anyway, it's house uh, and there will be much more light there. And yeah, that's, that's one of our complex scenes that darkness hides a lot of things that uh, made not too good mm -hmm. in the in the models, yeah, in the environment, the assets. But when the uh, sun is bright, player will easily see that that something make not as good as uh, the rest of objects. So yeah, so there will be house and the spaceship that will be attacked by uh, aliens, uh, alien creatures. Really? So it, it, yeah, it will feel really different. Okay. So the third one is uh, related to the ancients and magic and uh, something like mm -hmm. in Skyrim style. You know, you talked about the characters. Um, what do you guys use to create your characters? Is it a blender or is it something else? Yeah, yeah. We we make all models in Blender. Okay, you use them in Blender and then you just use plugins to animate them into your game, I'm guessing? Uh, if talking about character, we didn't change the animation for a long time. So uh, we used animation from assets. Yeah. Uh, when we started, then we buy the animations from the professional uh, 3D animator. To, to to make it better than <laughs> than it was because yeah it was really awful. Uh, for now there are no lo lot of different animations, so all animations is really simple. Yeah. And uh, for most of cases, maybe ninety percent of ca cases, we don't need Blender for it. Yeah. So we make animations inside Unity, and it's enough. I'm guessing then there's not like combat in this game. There's not you know other enemy. No. Okay, gotcha. No, so it, it's like we decided that everything is in the nightmare. Yeah. Every field that, that will uh, touch the Sandman will kill the Sandman, and and that's all. So I guess we talked about kind of gameplay mechanics and characters. One thing that I noticed, one of the features that I saw that your game has that got me excited was all the traps and kind of the dangerous stuff within your levels. They're timed up to music within the game. Um, and you can kind of focus in on that and that helps you progress through the levels. It's not something that a lot of games feature and mainly they don't feature them because it's a massive pain in the ass to implement it. Um, so for you guys, was that the case? Talk to me about the implementation and then talk to me about kind of the idea and where it came from. Yeah, it's one more secondary features of the game. So when I played the Super Meat Boy and a lot of uh, Super Meat Boy likes games, in the, this kind of games, you need to count milliseconds between actions mm -hmm. to get into time. And so I need to wait here. Uh, 0.25 milliseconds, then I make a jump and I hold, uh, and, and then I need to wait one and a half seconds and, and so on. And uh, it really annoying for me and I hated this, uh, that you, you, that you 
cannot just run and get into time and all the times. So you need to just count milliseconds. It's uh, okay. it's really sucks. And for my game, I really wanted to avoid this. So we decided to solve it with music. Music in the game have a strong beat uh, and you can hear it all the time. Uh, and all mechanics on the level will interact according to these beats. So you just listen to the music and remember. So these spikes will go up, down in the first beat. Yeah, this so will move in the second beat. Yeah, and we make a lot of playtest, and uh, often players don't no notice it. Yeah. But it works. <laughs> yeah, and this is main scene that you, you don't need to count milliseconds. You just need to listen to the beat. Is it hard from a level design standpoint to time everything up to that? I would imagine it would have to be, but maybe for you guys it was pretty streamlined. Kind of talk to me about that. Yeah, uh, we, we're trying to make it possible to... Uh, when you start the level, uh, you can go through the whole level to the finish uh, without any uh, interruption. Yeah. So you don't need to wait anywhere. If we will not bound the gameplay with the sound, it will be much easier to uh, set up the timings of the features. But it is, it is possible and not like rocket science yeah so you, you just need to make some areas in the level bigger some smaller and uh, play test play test play test okay. to see that everything is okay gotcha. it's a little bit time consuming but not too hard gotcha. do you guys make the music in-house or do you guys have a composer that you kind of have make it for you how does that work uh no we uh we don't have a lot of tracks now so we need to offer a few more and we offer it from the uh, musicians okay so you have people come in and make it for you is that hard because i've heard people say that having a musician in studio is a lifesaver because you know they know the project they know exactly what the team wants from the music and the game as opposed to bringing in a composer you know obviously I'm not going to say in every situation. I think composers do great work and I think they're a very big part of the industry. But is that something that you have seen or no? Actually, I, I don't know. So I, I didn't make any game with composer in the team. So it's hard to say for me. Yeah. But if you will find a good composer and make a, a good technical task and find a good reference and you will be able to give uh, good feedback so it, it can be important for for the game with about narrative yes so with a lot of stories about a lot of music composition our game is just hardcore platformer so we need uh for the most places we need just hard guitar riff with drums and <laughs> it'll be enough so you have the dash um and then you have that save point you can take with you you can shrink you have those three different things was there ever more that you had that you kind of brought down to those three or have you thought about adding more on i get you probably wouldn't because your levels are structured specifically for those three but kind of talk to me about that yeah. a little bit you will have only uh, these three mechanics, mm. yeah, and so you, you will start the game with them and you will finish game with them. Okay. But 
all uh, scenes that you faced on the levels force you to use these mechanics in the different ways. Mm -hmm. So we working creating mechanics is probably most time consuming part of the game development uh, because uh, for one level we creating dozens and do dozens mechanics. So when I talk in creating, it's not just write on the note. It's we we making prototype. We trying to make something interesting with it, and then probably only then or 20% of mechanics will be in the game, so everything else will be removed. So there are few reasons for it. First of all, what you what plays nice in your mind probably will not play nice in the game. Sometimes it's enough to just update this mechanic and it will it will be good. But uh, in most cases, you you just need to uh, leave this one to put attention to something more promising. Actually, even if the mechanic is very cool and it plays really fun and you enjoy it, uh, it, it can be removed because it's not much with other mechanics. Mm -hmm. Good mechanics should create, uh, should be able to create a really lot of interesting and unique combinations with other mechanics on the chapter. And if it's cool, but it cool. Uh, only by itself, but not in the combination, we will not uh, put this mechanic to the game. And sometimes, even if mechanic is really cool, and even if it's much to the other mechanic, we will uh, remove it because it's just not too cool enough for this uh, chapter. So we, we have a cooler mechanic th than this one, and we don't want to overload the chapter with a lot of mechanics because it will be uh, harder for the player to learn mechanics, it will be harder to, to, for the player to become masters in this mechanic, and it will be much like messy. So better to take just few mechanics yeah. and then uh, create the whole chapter only with these mechanics, but uh, unique combinations of these mechanics. It's a hardcore platformer. So when I hear hardcore platformer, I think there's only one difficulty in it. Is that a fair assessment or are you guys going to have like different um, difficulties for different players? The main difficulty will be just hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you, you will not be able to change it. Uh, we thought about uh, mechanics that uh, I told about Flask. And uh, when we start working on the game, we thought that player will be able to take the flask, but not place it anywhere, but bring it to the finish. Uh, so for now, you will just you will have just checkpoint and uh, some kind of achievement. Uh, but we thought that we can open the more complicated version of this level for the player. For now, I think we will not add it, uh, at least on the release because it will have a really lot of time to update levels. But uh, if the game will be successful enough and we will make days for it, probably we will make it. And jumping ahead a little bit, this game is built for PC right now. Unity has the capabilities to port. Is that something you have your eyes on at this point? I know obviously you're about a year out or so from release or, or somewhere in that ballpark, but is that something you're looking at as a possibility at this point, or you just want to get it on PC and leave it at that? 
Yeah, yeah. For now, game is for PC only, but we design the game with uh, gamepad. So it's platformer. <laughs> A lot of platformer players play with gamepad, so it's much more useful for it. And uh, as I told, we before the war, we visited a lot of uh, exhibitions and conferences and uh, festivals. And probably on every, we met the person. It's not one person, it's different person, but kind of person that tell it will fit really good on the PlayStation. I want to uh, sit on the coach and play uh, watching the game on the big TV with gamepad but for now we we didn't work on it but yeah I, I believe I, I really want to make release on the all modern consoles and PC at the same time but yeah we'll see yeah outside of your game itself kind of the industry as a whole right so with AAA and indie developments, there's a lot of pros and cons, like everything, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that are good about it, but there are some things that are negative in the industry. And I think over the past few years, whether it's AAA or indie, a lot of things have changed and, and evolved from, you know, like the way players discover and consume games, kind of how they are developed. So kind of from your perspective, what's, what's something that you think, you know, could be changed in the industry in terms of that for the better. Yeah, I can say, say technology, but it's obvious. Yeah, so uh, it's much easier to create uh, pretty scenes or interesting scenes. Uh, but I think what has changed most uh, in the indie development is the overall approach. Mm. So for now, uh, it's really nice that indie can make uh, games with AAA quality and have amount of the sales that will be not so big as uh, AAA games, but uh, big enough. Now, indie game developer need really know all aspects of the game development, and it's about marketing and uh, pre-production. We will research the market to decide what will be what people most like now should it be, should be puzzle game or RGS or it should be cooperation shooter or, <laughs> or something like this. And only when we will have answers to this question, we will make certain the game. Mm. I, I, I'm not really enjoying this, so it's like correct approach for now. If yeah. you don't want to spend a lot of time and money for nothing, so it's better to know the marketing. But uh, from my perspective, it's just make it a little bit further from the art. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, that's a great point. I think 10 years ago, the market was completely different. I think it was harder to make a game, obviously, a decade ago. But once you made it, I think it was easier to get that game exposure, I think. And you could make deal, obviously... I think deals were structured differently. Publishers approached developers differently. Indie developers there weren't as many of them. But I think you, your structuring deals for how you distribute your games is a little bit more intuitive because there wasn't as much saturation in the market as opposed to now where it's easier than ever to make a game, but it's harder than ever to get that game recognized and get the exposure that it needs. So it's one of those, yeah, it's those weird things. Yeah. But outside of that, this one, I'm excited about this question because I thought about it for the first time 
with with your game and and so you're gonna be the first person to answer for me but so for the industry as a whole right whether it's you know augmented reality whether it's esports whether it's nfts whether it's the metaverse um whether it's something else entirely what in the industry do you see as like the next big step forward for gaming gamers hate change so obviously it's going to take a while but what's kind of the next big step in your opinion for the industry I, I don't think that AR or NFT or metaverse or something like this will uh, change how, how we play games. So the best mobile games are uh, hairs of games from 90s. Yeah, we, we, we don't uh, play God of War uh, in VR. <laughs> so we, and we don't need it. It's, yeah. it's m- m- much more important. So there was no any breakthrough from the 90s so the games become complicated become uh really uh nicer in aspect of visual but there's the same game ar have there really about five year or or some uh that ar becomes popular Uh, in gaming, but uh, how much different mechanics, not games, a lot of games, yeah, how much different mechanics with AR we saw, I think just few, so, and it's not enough to, like, change whole gaming industry, so AR is really great for technology and engineering, medicine, learning and so on, but I not believe for the gaming. Uh, NFT and metaverses uh, seems to me like new version of the loot boxes. Yeah. So exactly what it is. yes, there are no any mechanics in it. There are no no any things that players want to have in the game. So big companies they need a big profit, mm-hmm. super profit. Yeah, and they try on everything that uh, smells like money. <laughs> and and uh, uh, NFT is. Uh, well, like money, so we, we see that in the games, but I actually don't believe that that it will change the industry and yeah. will be there more than five or maybe ten years. No, I think yeah, that's a good point. I, one thing for me that jumps out that doesn't necessarily change the industry, I think it changes how people experience and kind of consume games is, is streaming and how popular it's gotten and how big it is now as opposed to years and years ago i think i think years ago and it affects marketing it affects it affects a lot of things which is very interesting because you have people now that i think enjoy watching games be played more than they enjoy actually playing them which is and i'm not saying a lot of you know that's the majority of the industry but i think it's something that needs to be taken into account nowadays that was never something that we ever thought about you know 10 years ago and it's just it's this interesting kind of evolution of kind of how you enjoy games. And I think, you know, esports is kind of like a jump off of that. Personally, I love esports. I think I'm a, a massive Call of Duty ha- fan and I've always have been. And I think, you know, Call of Duty League has been honestly, I think Call of Duty League has enhanced the experience for Call of Duty because it's helped tweak different things and change how you play over the years. And, you know, these little things here and there. So I think, you know. I don't know if it'll it changes the industry as a whole, but I think it changes how you enjoy games and it changes how you it changes how you approach like a game because maybe 
you know, you talk to your friend, your friend says this game is really cool. I watched somebody play it and you watch them play it. You think it's a really cool game, but then are you ever actually going to go buy it? You know, so it's like this whole like layering effect on top of itself. It's just it's a very interesting dynamic within the industry. Yeah, yeah. If talking about uh, streaming, mm-hmm. the, the game uh, now, uh, the game should be made in the way to be like streamable. Mm-hmm. So through the nightmares is awful example. <laughs> so because, uh, for example, uh, one streamer will make a stream of the uh, through the nightmares and he will beat the game and ev- everybody will enjoy it and uh, Oh, another streamer will, will think, should I make a let's play of this game? So this let's play was successful on this channel, will it be here? And he will check that this is absolutely linear game. Yeah. So there is no, no choices and uh, all uh, watchers will see the, like, the same game without any difference. So the Skyrim, for example, uh, it creates the stories. So when you're watching the streams of the Skyrim, uh, every sprint is diff- uh, different stories. But in the Through the Nightmares, it's the same story. It's completely the same story. Uh, and the second streamer will decide that, no, I will not stream here because I will I can't provide any unique content with it. Yeah. Uh, and so on, so on, so on. So, uh, but streamers are very important because uh, influencer make uh, a bigger part of the sales, uh, but our game is really bad for it. And if we will start making new game, or when we will start making a new game, yeah. we will think about it a lot before we start in production. And um, we think we saw how to fix this issue, but not rewrite the game. And what I really like is uh, Twitch integration. Uh, so we wanted to uh, uh, make it able for streamer to connect the game with the Twitch stream. Yeah. Then, uh, then people will write uh, some comments in the chat, and it will be affect uh, to the gameplay. So it will shake the screen or add different uh, visual artifacts that uh, will make the game more harder or uh, make some funny scenes that yeah. will uh, th- that will make uh, help streamer make a choice to play this game. I love it. Yeah, it's not it's not really unique, but I really hope that it will save our game. I think, and you know, to kind of push back on like you know people wouldn't play the game just because it's the same experience over again. I would say with streamers, the really popular ones, the really really popular streamers. They're popular not so much because they're amazing at playing video games. They're popular because they have these like just very, very incredible and and interesting personalities that bring people in and make them enjoy watching them. You know, it's less honestly, I think for a lot of streamers and people who enjoy them, it's almost the main enjoyment is the streamer. And then what they're playing is kind of, you know, an addition to that experience. So I think with your game you know i wouldn't necessarily say you know one and done i would think you know streamers can definitely add to that experience just by you know how they approach the game and how they enjoy it differently from one another so i think there's a lot of you know positivity there and i think there's a lot of capability for people to play and enjoy it multiple times over again 
just because of the way people like approach streaming as as a medium you know so that and that's my opinion i could be i could be way wrong i i definitely am not always right for sure matter of fact i'm probably more wrong than i am right most of the time but you know that's just kind of like my take on it you know i think you know it's all about the personality nowadays and that's why i'm not a streamer because i don't have the personality to be a streamer so <laughs> but yeah so it's just one of those weird things yeah okay you, you can just realize that some one streamer or a few streamers with uh, millions and millions of auditory will stream your game and you will have success so it's it's just a uh, uh, luck and when you spend five or six or seven years of the your life on the one game and uh, put all put a lot of your money to this game you you, you can just <laughs> rely on luck yeah. so you, you you need to be sure that uh, your game will play a lot of streamers not uh, with millions mm. uh, subscribers but with uh, thousands and thousands and thousands and this, but amount of streamer will be really big and yeah and and you can like scale this approach yeah yeah and and it's very important no that's a great point um i that's really all the questions i had you know i think i think we covered a lot of different stuff you know i i am excited about this game i think there's a lot of really great potential here i played the demo when we first got in contact which i think was what October of last year? September? I don't uh, know. Some, uh, January or February. I, I don't remember. Oh, Probably January. Okay, so yeah, I played the demo basically like a year ago or so. And for me, it was it was an enjoyable experience. You know, it was definitely very hard. Um, I'm not gonna say I'm when it comes to indie games, I think indie games I am not the best at, I think, just because I'm I my <laughs> reflexes are not as fast as they used to be. But I enjoyed it. I had a good time, you know, and I'm sure it's probably changed over time since then. So I'll definitely be checking it out in the future. But, but yeah, man, I, I can't wait to see what you guys have in store, you know? Yeah, you, you will be very surprised when you will play the game because the old demo that was a year ago and uh, really old and we, we released the new demo in the May. It, it is much closer than what we will have on release. Oh, that's exciting. And then do you guys, I guess one final thing to throw in there. You got you're talking about DLC potentially down the road, depending obviously on kind of how your game is received on launch. But is that something you kind of have planned at this point, or is it something you're kind of waiting to dive into until after you finish the core game itself? Ah, uh, we, we had uh, we have a lot of thoughts about this. Our game is perfect for the DLCs because the all chapters are not connected to each other. Yeah. So it will be really easy to add few more dreams. Oh, and we have thoughts, we have settings in our minds and in, in the documentation. We had a lot of cool mechanics that didn't fit current environments. So, uh, but we can use it in the in the DLCs. Uh, but yeah, we'll see after release. Actually, we. We, we tired of this game because we make it it's all long years, uh, five long years, yeah. and yeah, even if you making something really cool uh, and you enjoy it, you will be tired in any ways. So yeah. e e if we release the game and we'll see that uh, it's not like super successful, we will start making a new game. If we will see that players really love it, we will make a few updates. Before release, previous week, I, I, I saw that it will be nice to make something like digital art book. 
yeah, for subscribers or, or for for guys from the Discord who read our updates or something like this, it can can be interesting. Yeah, that'd be cool. uh, and uh, I'm not sure that we will update the demo uh, before release. Probably we will because. As I told, we really often return to the uh, already completed places to to make something yeah. uh, more interesting there or something cooler. So if uh, changes like this will be too much in the first chapter, we will update the demo. If not, we will not. Uh, and uh, probably we will make something like uh, closed beta uh, before release, uh, maybe two or three months before release. 